Brothers and sisters, today's gospel is about St. John pointing us to look all the way to the beginning to remember who God is, who Christ is, and what he came to do, and to look forward with hope in our opportunity to participate in that plan of salvation. If we were to pick up a book that has a story in it, and we want to read that story, it would, it would be very weird if we started in the middle and tried to figure out the whole thing, because that would be incomplete. We would leave out a major part, multiple major parts of the story. So all the gospel writers, when they start their gospel, they have some sort of beginning to it. They have some sort of origin about Jesus. Uh, Matthew and Luke, they start with accounts of Jesus' birth and his genealogy, all the people that are in his line of ancestry, where he came from. Uh, Mark starts with the baptism of Jesus. John also starts with the baptism in the beginning, but even before that, he gives us what what we read today in the gospel. And the way he starts is in the beginning. Interestingly enough, That's how the Bible starts, in the beginning. So St. John, among other things that he's doing, he's pointing us to the very beginning of Scripture. You can't understand Christ. You can't understand his mission. You can't relate to him in any way. You can't do anything about it in your own life unless you look at the very beginning and see how Christ is related to the very beginning. What is his function in salvation history? He goes back to the very beginning, and he says that Christ, the Savior that I'm going to talk about in my gospel now, he is the logos, he's the word, he's the logic, he's the reason, he's the expression of creation, which shows shows us what? God creates all of creation in a reasonable way, in a way that we can look at it and make sense of it, in a way that we can look at it and think about it and reflect on it. And notice that there is a God, one God, who is more powerful than anything else that has ever existed, who is existence itself, who has brought us and everything else we see into existence. And this logos, this word of God, isn't just an idea or a spoken word. It's ultimately a person. And if it's a person, that means this person can also love. And if this person is God, his love is infinite. His love is more powerful than anything we can understand. His love is a love that we can never reach. And it's with this infinite love, it's with this light that Christ comes into the world. This, this is what he gives us. This is what St. John says. He gives love and light to all men. And he does it in a new creation. When St. John says in the beginning, he's talking about the old creation. He's talking about how we should direct our minds to the old creation to know why the new creation is such a big deal and what we're supposed to do about it. So Christ comes with light and life and love into the new creation. Because there's something that's wrong with us that needs to be fixed. We need to be recreated. 
and that something that's wrong with us is sin, is when we turn away from God towards things that are far lesser than Him. Sin is when we take something good and we, and we make it bad. In the Old Testament reading we heard today, we, we heard about God trying to dwell among His people, Israel, uh, despite all the times they turned away from Him. And He did dwell among His people in, uh, the, shape of a, in the form of a cloud. And uh, we even heard that in the St. Paul reading as well. So God made the attempt from His own initiative to be with His people to sanctify them, to make them holy, to make them different than all the other people that existed on earth, to make them different than other pagans that existed on earth. God comes to us, we don't go to Him. That's how much He loves us. So He made those attempts, but in Christ, in Christ, in the new creation, we finally see God's glory in its fullness. What does St. John say? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory. Certain prophets, certain messengers of God, certain men who were faithful to God in the Old Testament, they almost died seeing God's glory. They would have done anything to see God's glory. And they saw glimpses of it. They saw shadows of it. They never reached its fullness until the world was given the gift, the grace of Christ's face. What a gift, what a grace, that when we harden our hearts through sin, God still loves us so much that He wants to make temples out of us. When we say dwelling, when we use that language, we're talking about temples. When we say God dwells here in the tabernacle, this church is a temple of His presence. If you want to say that God dwells within you, and you can say that, you have the opportunity to say that, you are calling yourself a temple for God a dwelling place for God. Again, what a gift, what a grace. Do we think about it in that way ever? Do we put that thought in front of us when we're tempted to sin, when we're faced with temptation? Do we choose God dwelling in us? Or do we want to ruin the temple that we have the opportunity to build with our own bodies? Again, what a gift, what a grace. One that we certainly don't deserve. Again, I want to read. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Do we accept this gift? Do we accept this grace? Christ has come to us. Actually, more so than to the people that he physically walked with when he was on this earth. Because we have him in the Eucharist. We can consume Him. We can unite ourselves to Him, physically and spiritually, as the body of Christ. Do we accept this gift? Are we conscious of this gift? Do we even know about this? Do we accept this person, not this idea, this person who gives Himself fully for our sake so that we can become holy, so that we can become children of God, like St. John is inviting us to become in this Gospel reading today? If we don't accept this gift, if we don't accept this grace, if we don't think about it, then who do we accept? Then what are we accepting? 
What narrative are we accepting if we're not accepting Christ? If we don't let ourselves become dwelling places for God, who are we allowing to dwell in our thoughts and our hearts? Who are we thinking about and who are we choosing to follow? There's a lot of examples we can go into, a lot of specifics we can go into to answer that question. Some of us even prefer the darkness. Yes, Christ is the light, Christ is the life that is given to all men, but some of us even prefer to be in the dark. Some of us hear the gospel and don't care. Some of us know that there is an invitation to being holy and don't care. And this goes for everyone, young people and old people, parents and children. What message are we accepting? What narrative are we accepting if we're not accepting Christ? If we're not accepting the fact that God loves us so much, he's willing to become part of his creation and help us to become holy. Are we accepting the narrative that the quality of our life is measured by success? Are we accepting the narrative that I should do and take whatever I want to make myself feel good? Am I accepting the fact that it's okay to disobey my parents no matter what, just because I, can, I should be able to do whatever I want? Am I accepting that I should abandon the needs of my children just to go and have fun for myself? That it's okay to do anything it takes to make money, even if it involves clearly sin? None of these things, none of these temptations, these goals, these worldly goals give us light or life. None of these goals transform us. What does transform us is God dwelling among us. What does transform us is us trying our best with God's grace to become more like him. That's why God became man. That's why God took on flesh and became man. He didn't wear it. He didn't, he didn't parachute into humanity and then leave. He ascended back into heaven. No. He became one of us. He felt everything we feel. He went through everything that we feel to show us how to stay not dead in sin. How to defeat sin and live by putting on Christ. God put on flesh. God took on flesh. And not just, and he didn't leave he gave us the most profound thing that he could have left us, and that is the Eucharist. He gave us that flesh that he took on. It's still here in its glorified form. So brothers and sisters, let us recognize the things that drive us far from God, that make us unworthy to be temples of God. And let us today, as we approach the Eucharist, especially the Eucharist, let us be truly thankful that God has taken flesh and dwelt among us. Amen.